Hello, friends, and welcome to My Miniature Obsession Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Karf. This podcast is about all things miniature. We will explore the world of minis and all its raw talent, dedication, patience, and the new energy of this art form. Hear from miniature hobbyists and professionals from all over the world. We will gain a deeper insight into the creative processes that drive them. We will also explore what their biggest struggles are, their most devastating failures, and the most uplifting successes. I hope to encourage and inspire you in your miniature hobby, because even the ordinary become extraordinary in miniature. Hello friends, it's Rachel and I'm back for another episode of my Miniature Obsession podcast. I hope that you are well and you're having a great holiday season. I decided yesterday, it was kind of a funny story, I looked at my husband and said, you know Tim, I think I need a break. And he's like, from me? And then I realized, okay, that did sound pretty bad. Of course not, not from you. Just I need to slow things down a little bit and feel like I just need to catch up. Have you ever felt that way? I think this is coming after I just shipped out my third subscription box. So maybe that's why I'm feeling this way. So these monthly bi-monthly subscription boxes are so much fun and I enjoy every second of it. But it's a lot of work. So I feel I deserve a break, right? But don't worry, I will still be active on social media and answering emails. I'm just going to slow the train down just a little bit and not go full speed. And with that said, that means January 1st, I can hit the throttle as we have some really exciting things planned for you, especially in the mini district. One, and this is this is um, information that actually hasn't even been shared yet, but we will be having classes. And right in the mini district, we're really excited for this. And so more on that will come very, very soon. So let's get into today's episode. I got to chat with Tammy, and I loved this conversation so much. Have you ever talked with someone and just felt that instant connection? That's how I felt with Tammy. And I hope that you enjoy our mini chat. And if you would, please follow us both on social media. Tammy can be found on Instagram at Tammy Night Miniatures. She spells her name T-A-M-M-I-E. Last name is K-N-I-G-H, Miniatures. Me, I can be found at Mic Drop Miniatures. And then we also have some websites that you could check out. Tammy can be found at smallmattersminiatures.com. And me, you guessed it, micdropminiatures.com. So all this great info can be found also in the show notes. So make sure to check that out as well. So I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. And I really hope to hear from you soon. All right. Bye, guys. Hey, Rachel. Hi, Tammy. I'm so glad we finally get to meet. Me too. Thank you for your patience. <laughs> You're welcome. How are things in San Francisco? Things are good. Um, I live right outside the city. Well, not right outside. I live 30 miles outside the city in the East Bay. Um, and we've gotten a lot of rain lately, which we need, because as you yes. know, California is always trying to burn. So, so it's good. Yeah. I used to you? live in Pleasant Hill. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's like four miles from me, five miles from me. Oh, really? And yeah, I, um, I loved it there. I, I really did. It was many, many moons ago when I was like 20. I don't even know if I was 21. And it was just very expensive for me. And I really wanted to go to school. So there was no option for me. So I had to move back to the middle. Yeah, yeah no, it's the Bay Area is cost prohibitively expensive. And my husband and I talk about where we're going to go once we get the kids out of the house and on their way because we can't afford to retire here or to be here for much longer. So yeah, it's unfortunate. It's beautiful, but it's pricey. Oh, I love that. My aunt, when I first moved there, the first day it snowed and she's like, I think you doomed the city because I'm from Wisconsin. So I brought the snow with me. And it, if I remember it was like October. It was just a light, light dusting. But so I kind of doomed the city, I guess. But but thank you for, again, joining me. I have so many questions. I, I would try to think back on how I came across you. And I want to say probably Instagram. Yeah. And what I fell in love with your designs is they all tell a story. And yeah. I love miniatures that tell a story. And yours, you have so many. But you have a quote on your website that I really loved. And I, I want to share it. 
So it said, um, some of the life's simplest pleasures live in the everyday. These small moments can take on greater meaning and become really big when they come to life in miniature. And that like spoke to me because I, I totally agree. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I wrote that at least two decades ago. <laughs> I wrote that a long time ago, but miniatures are a big part of my life, like yours. And I, I love them. They're what, I, they're what I go to all the time, happy, sad, whatever. That's where I go. It's my happy, safe place or just my safe place sometimes. And yeah, it's fun to connect with fellow miniatures that really have the passion because I was looking through some of your posts on Instagram and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> like she's like me and she loves them so much. By the way, I'm excited for you that you get to go to the Chicago show. Yes, I, it's, so I had girls weekend planned and then this came about and I'm like, oh, so I'm, I'm going to do both, but I'm really, really excited. So this is like really new to me. Yeah. So like five days ago, I realized I'm going to go to the show. Wow. Yeah. So I'm excited. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you. So let's back up. You said that you started miniatures when you were nine. Can you kind of tell us how you got started? Yeah. Um, it was, it was really my mom. So my mother, um, God rest her soul, my beautiful mother, um, loved life's adventures in New York. So we were always going to fairs and shows and concerts and anything where we could go, especially if it was cost effective because we didn't have a lot of money. Um, and one of my mother's favorite museums was the Museum of the City of New York. And it's a really cool museum and it's got three floors and I haven't been there in decades. But when I was a kid, the third floor had um, dolls, dolls houses and miniatures. And they were mostly dollhouse scale, but you know, some of them were a little bigger and some things were probably closer to 124 scale. And I remember the first time she took me and we got off the elevators and I looked around and I was like, oh my God. And even though everything was old, to me, it was magical. It was like better than going to FAO Schwartz, right? Better than seeing new stuff. And that really sparked the moment um, that I wanted to be around miniatures all the time. Um, and uh, when I got my first dollhouse, uh, which I'm trying to think, I believe my dad actually built. Um, I, my mother said the way that I played with it to her seemed like I was trying to create a world and it wasn't just like playing like with dolls and it was like trying to decorate it and wanting to see textures on the floor and asking her if I could have little snippets of fabric to like, I wanted to really decorate it. And yeah, over 40 years later, it's still, <laughs> it's still a big passion. Yeah. So you, so you said you went to the Parsons School of Design, which I, did. I want to talk a little bit about that because I feel like I only hear about that in the movies, you know, it's kind of like <laughs> one of those magical schools. So is that kind of what you went for then was like that interior design and just design as a whole or what? Well, believe it or not, believe it or not, no. So I was, um, I was kind of discouraged and I can't remember why in high school that the interior design space in New York you know, I was in New York and it was a very crowded space, a lot of really talented people. And I think, to be honest, one of my teachers in high school thought I might be good, but I'm not that good. <laughs> and he thought that I had a stronger bend toward graphic design. So I believed him and I was like, yeah, okay, I'll go to Parsons and study graphic design and illustration. So I had a double major and then my minor was art history because I absolutely love all things art history. Um, and it was a very intense experience. It's an amazing school. Um, I met some of my best friend to this day. I met when we were freshmen at Parsons. And I think what I learned the most about it was, it, it sort of sounds cliche, but you make it what you want it to be. And I think my son and I were just talking about this the other night. I think Parsons was really the place where they sort of had three groups. You were either there and you weren't gonna make it because you were gonna realize that, yeah, I like art, but I'm not doing this intense. <laughs> the program was really intense or I love art and I'm going for it and I'm going to figure out how to do it or the people that sort of had a very clear sense of what they wanted to do they were there to get their degree and then they were going to do it and I sort of fell in the between the I love art I'm going to see if this is for me um, but also for a little while I was in the am I going to make it here because the classes were were really rigorous and they were back to back and as a freshman you take I think 11 courses of study to see which major you want to declare and it was it was intense, but it was amazing. I would do it again. Yeah. So do you still practice graphic design? I do. Um, I actually have a couple of quiet clients that I do logos for, and I used to do more of it. I used to do um, birth announcements and business cards and all of that sort of thing. But then I sort of stepped away from it because I always went back to miniatures. And the funny thing was, I always thought the more I do of that stuff, the less, the less time I have to work on miniatures. So I'm going to 
sort of not do much of that, um, but it's great because if you get a job every now and then as a freelance, it pays and that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And my miniatures, I've made a good living recently, but in many, it's been many years since it's been enough to really say it has an income base for me. It's been more just fun, um, which can be a bit much when you're spending your discretionary money on miniatures. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah I, I hear that. That's why I try to make most all of my things. So we do have a lot in common because I'm also a graphic designer. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So I went to school too, to the Art Institute for graphic design. And like you, I, I love, you know, the freelance work once in a while. And I also find that it's, I think I'm kind of to an advantage that I can use my graphic abilities in Dollhouse Miniatures. Right. Sure. Yeah. Well, now, now I know why your, your website, your um, Instagram is so impressive. Like when I look at even just the business that you have with the kits, which is so cool, such a great idea. Um, I just look at the way you package everything and when you put your announcements up and I thought, it's funny, I was gonna ask you who does that for you? And it turns out you do it for you because you're a graphic designer. That's very cool. Yeah, I'm, thank you for that. Um, you know, you're your own worst critic. critic oh, and yeah. Definitely my worst for me. But anyway, um, I found recently, though, that, oh, wow, I spend a lot of time on social media. So I'm trying <laughs> to, like, back it off, maybe, and then just focus on more of the creation. So mm -hmm. happy balance, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So can you talk about your creations in a whole? So looking at your website, you make a lot of creations for other people. So they, they commission you to make, is it like certain rooms in their house or like, yeah. 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 I mean, I've done, I've done things that have been commissioned that were people saying recreate this space or do this thing. Um, it's not on my website yet, but I promise I'll get it up soon. I recently, one of the best commissions I've ever had was a gentleman wanted a Tiffany um, store in miniature for his wife for a big birthday. And it's one of my favorite projects, over a hundred hours, very intense, um, getting miniature purses, glassware from Spain, Russia, uh, the Netherlands, the UK, Japan. It is really one of my best projects. It's really cool. So sometimes it's that, that someone will say, here's my budget or what would you charge? Here's what I want and, and I do it. Um, sometimes it's a gift uh, for someone who's having a baby or for someone who's celebrating a special occasion. So I've done a little bit of everything, um, but I do love the projects where it's a commission that is a specific space and someone wants me to, to duplicate it, but not to completely replicate it. Like I like having the freedom to be creative and to tell the story that is sometimes someone else's story, but from my vantage point mm -hmm. versus just creating a space that is exactly like a photograph. I mean, I've done that, but I actually prefer not to do that. It's more fun mm -hmm. to sort of have the license to bring in moments and bring in things that are sort of living in my, my miniature brain. That's so cool. So do you have any of your own personal exact replicas? I do. There's one and it's on my website and I don't know if it's called out specifically. It might be. Yes, it's, it's on my blog. Um, so my room when I was a senior at Parsons was a hot mess. I was living with a friend and I had a tiny, literally tiny New York, you know, room and all of my stuff was in there. So it was my my living quarters were sort of on the left side and on the right side, it was my my art studio. So it had my desk and all my Parsons books and just all the Parsons stuff. And it was really messy. Um, and I tried, I worked on that project for many months replicating it. Um, it even looks like an open portfolio. And when you graduate from Parsons, you have to pre um, present your senior project. And it's many things, it's stuff that you're most proud of or stuff specifically that you worked on your last year there. And that was the center of my, my presentation. And it's funny because I loved that People loved my other stuff and they thought my graphic design was good, not great, but they loved the miniature and they <laughs> loved the details and the fact that I, I was addicted at that time to Raisin Bran. So there's a little bowl of Raisin Bran with a box and it's like all the stuff that was really in my space. And that, yeah, that was probably one of my favorite projects from many years ago. Yeah, I love that. We just did an um, article on our blog, um, Sean did, and it was like showing gratitude through your miniatures. And so that kind of reminds me of that, just how you're bringing up all the things, you know, that from your past. I just love, like I said, I love miniatures that tell a story. I think it's so great. 
Yeah, I find it a, a perfect medium to tell a story, right? Yeah. I think even if you aren't necessarily, you don't consider yourself to be someone that's really good with the spoken word or even the written word, um, it gives you a, it's like that 3D ability to tell a story. And I've gotten, it's funny you say, too much time on social media of late as I've wanted to expand my miniature reach and learn more and connect more with more miniatures. I've been spending a little too much time in the evenings and on the weekends on social media too. And I noticed that the sites that I'm most drawn to are that, like they're the ones where someone isn't just you know holding a miniature and showing you something which i like that stuff too it's cool but where they've created a scene and especially if they move their video through it i, I absolutely love that i think it's really magical yeah video really brings it to life because yeah. then you can really sense the scale more i think too yeah. so where do you like so if you're doing an exact replica of something and you're just oh how do i do this or where you're stuck where do you go for help or inspiration uh, I, I love to go, frankly, the cliche online. So I do Google searches all day long for things, but I also like to walk in spaces. So when I started the Tiffany project, there's a Tiffany, it's a beautiful Tiffany store in Walnut Creek, not far from us. And it's funny because it's nothing like uh, the Tiffany of old, like New York Tiffany Fifth Avenue. It's not that at all. And there's a Tiffany store in the Greenwich Village that my Tiffany store was modeled after. But just being in the store, and seeing the counters again and seeing the way, and Tiffany has a, you know, a very icon iconic brand. So even though the spaces are different to me, there's a feel. I've only been to four locations in four states, but to me, they all sort of had that same feel. So I wanted to walk around in Tiffany's and just sort of look around and remember what, like I said, like what the counters look like, that what are the floors? And so if possible, if, if I'm going to do a miniature, I want to walk a space that sort of makes me feel the feeling that I need to be in, because for me, Miniatures are very emotional. <laughs> I mean, I have to obviously use my brain to think about how I want to create something and to create models and scale. But a lot of it is how do I feel and how how do how do they make the person that I'm gifting or um, creating a project for feel? So I'm always looking for that feeling, and I try to start with how do I feel about it. Yes. So when you gift, do these people are they miniature lovers? And if not, how do they react to your miniatures? Oh, that's awesome. That's a great question. Some of them aren't like, um, so a good example is a good friend of mine. Um, we haven't been close in many years, but we used to be incredibly close. Um, uh, when she was having her first baby, I, I kept asking her questions about the nursery and what, you know, what she pictured. And I remember that she was kind of intrigued by that because she didn't know that I did miniatures because I hadn't started bringing them into the office yet, which became a thing. I eventually started bringing my miniatures in. I'd have a different one in every month or so, but I hadn't started doing that yet at this particular job. So I would ask her, you know, what colors and just get a sense of what she wanted. And I ended up creating a miniature room for her, for her first baby. Um, and she lost it. <laughs> and she, she said, oh my God, it's like one of her favorite things. And she said, my mother's like, couldn't believe it. I think her mother emailed me to tell me how amazing it was. And her reaction to it was really cool. So I sometimes get the bigger reaction from the people that aren't necessarily miniatures, because I think miniatures have a passion and a love for it. And there's almost an expectation of, oh yeah, that's gonna be cool, it's a miniature. Whereas a person who isn't in that world, it's like blows their mind. So yeah, that's that's one of the best reactions ever. I'm good, because well, hopefully my family isn't listening to this, but I am making them a miniature for Christmas. And so oh. I'm really excited to see their, their reaction. So I wish yeah. I could share with you, but I'm not going to. I'll okay. after Christmas. Maybe we'll, yeah, we'll share it another time. Yeah. So how big would you say your personal collection is? Mm. <laughs> My husband isn't listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> My personal collection, honestly, um, I mean, think about it. I started collecting decades and decades ago. I would say it's mm, probably over 100 banker boxes in size and well over $20,000 worth of just stuff. Um, but then there's just all the rooms and all of it. So a lot of it lives with other people as either as gifts or that they're holding on to it for me. Um, the big dollhouse behind me is one of my big projects that believe it or not, even almost 20 years later, only the outside is done because it's just, I don't have time. Um, I would I would love, my, my goal is to make miniatures my full-time thing, um, whether it is with a blog, a website, um, an HGTV show, plugging that, working on something. They're not interested in me, but I'm interested in them. So it's it's one of those things where if I could, it would be what I do all the time, but because I have a full-time job, it's really hard to, to work on everything, but I always, I'm always buying things and always finding things. 
um, the last miniature show I went to, I was in the bargain section looking for deals and I found tons of deals. And my husband's like, where are you going to put all that stuff? I said, I don't know. <laughs> Eventually I might have a store. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, I have a lot. I've amassed an incredible collection of stuff. I, I'm there with you. I shared a story recently that I joined a local miniature club. Oh, wow. Good for you. Yeah, it's me. And I think there's seven of us. Wow. And my first meeting, they said one of the members had passed away and she left her whole collection to us. I'm like, oh, I didn't think much of it. Yeah. Well, we got there and they said, bring a truck. So that should have been my first clue. But Oh gosh, like at least 150, 200 dollhouses. I don't even know. I mean, the whole basement was filled. It was two 2,500 square feet and it was filled basically with dollhouse miniatures and buckets and bins. Oh my goodness. It took okay, us- that was my collection. <laughs> yeah, and so I, I have a lot of her stuff now and I started to take over my husband's shed and he's not happy, but <laughs> I am. I think it's great oh you're like I love that gosh you have you do you have this incredible passion I'm envious that you have a, a local miniature club maybe I should try to start one because I've always wanted one and you know I have friends that appreciate it my husband has been in my life I, I laugh and people are like how's he feel about the miniatures I'm like well they came with me when I met him I was already that crazy miniature person so it's not like he had to adjust he just had to realize how big it was yeah. but I would love to have local people to connect with because it's fun to do zoom and it's fun to be on calls but there's nothing to me like meeting people live and sort of sharing something so yeah that's cool well yeah I found the sign in the Hobby Lobby it's a sign and it was like you know glowing and practically because it said do you love dollhouse miniatures yes I do and <laughs> so that was during COVID so it took me at least a year to get to that first meeting yeah wow but yeah it's so cool we make projects and I love it. Yeah, you'll have to join us too in the mini district. We're going to have classes. So if, oh, cool. if you can't find a local class, at least you can come and, you know, be part of a class. Yeah, well, I'll take you up on that. And Hobby Lobby, maybe I should start checking the, the board at my Hobby Lobby because it's one of my favorite places to go. So who knows? Or you put up that poster. And yeah. what they do then yeah. is they just meet right there. Well, our oh. our um, Hobby Lobbies have places to meet or like a room. Where they oh, wow. Classes. I don't know if ours does or not, but I'm going to check. Yeah. So then they would just meet there. So it's yeah, that's very cool. I like that. I wanted to ask you too, can you explain to us the, what did you call the, the project for giants? Oh, um, so miniatures for giants, right? So I have worked for some incredible uh, CEOs in my career. So I've been an executive assistant and a chief of staff. Um, and I've worked for the CEO of Sephora four and a half years. I worked for the CEO of Lyft for almost two years. I worked for the CEO of Bear Essentials, two different CEOs for one and a half year, no, two and a half years and one and a half years respectively. So miniatures for giants just means giants as in people who are bigger than life, but they're not actual giants. <laughs> so yeah, so those projects, that part of my website just covers some of my favorite projects working for those CEOs. Um, and my first and absolute favorite project is the CEO of Sephora, who to this day, 15 years after I stopped working for him, we're really close. We had lunch together less than a month ago um, and we stay in each other's lives. And he um, was, what do, I always thought, what do you get for someone who has everything, right? Once you're that successful, you could get any monetary thing that you want. Um, but at the time that I worked for him, things that he talked about constantly were his love of Paris, um, his love of, you know, sort of the retail space and iconic retail brands. And so I created this facade that is a restaurant and um, he loved Krug champagne, one of his favorite things. And it's really a fun just play on him and his personality and anyone that sees it gets it because they know those things are important to him. Um, so that's what that is, those projects. And they were really, really fun to create. And each of them was created for someone that wasn't a miniature lover. Um, and each person really thought it was kind of cool. So amazing. How many hours did you have in some of those? I mean, um, gosh, I think the the Sephora one, probably 30 or 40 hours. Um, uh, there's one for Optimizely, uh, who's a CEO that I worked for, its first startup that I worked for many years ago. And that one is more staging than creating the facade because it's under a glass box. But it was, I made some of the things myself, but a lot of it, I had to commission people to make certain food and to make certain packaging and 
So that one didn't take as much to create as it did to sort of collaborate and bring it all together. I'd say sometimes I facilitate miniatures and sometimes I create them. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. I haven't done one of those in a while and I really want to, so. Nice. Well, I can't wait. I'm sure I'll see it on your new TikTok account. <laughs> yeah, well, the TikTok is all galleries. So I'm trying to, okay. I'm trying to sort of diversify if that's the right term for it, because I think Instagram is great. It's like all things, like everything is there, but I want TikTok to be the galleries. And I, and I'm thinking about YouTube, YouTube channel and what, what, what I want that to be. So they're all miniatures, but they're not necessarily going to be that you see everything in the same place, because it's, I like the idea that you go to a different social media platform and you see something different. You don't just see all the stuff that you'll see on Instagram. So yeah. wish me luck. We'll see I how it goes. That idea. That's awesome. I can't wait. It seems like you've got some amazing things in store for us for the future. Oh, I hope so. Thank you. So you mentioned that you do commission some things. Are there something you just can't, nope, not for me, like clay or, you know, just any type of medium that you're like, not for me? Well, you know, it's funny. Um, I was asked recently to collaborate on a project with someone who's in fashion and I actually had to to tell her no, because I don't make clothing. I don't make small clothing. I don't make small shoes. So the stuff that she wanted to commission me for would be something that I would have to commission someone for or buy from someone else. So if it's something that specifically deals with creating a form, like a, a, a miniature person or fashion, I, I can't do it. I, I could create a scene for you, but I wouldn't be the one creating those things. Um, otherwise, no, so far I have not had anyone ask me to create like a full project or a, a duplicate of something that I thought I couldn't do or I wouldn't do. No. So are you using any of the new technology like the 3d printers or laser? i definitely want a 3d printer rachel i really do I'm trying to figure out where to put it maybe the space right over here that has a miniature on it yeah no i i have a, a good i've become really good friends with a gentleman who does a lot of my 3d printing he does the modeling for me and then i purchase it through a third party because he also doesn't have a 3d printer and, and we were joking i'm like maybe one of us should invest in a 3d printer so yeah i actually purchase a lot of stuff that i either mock up a design and he's an engineer so we come up with the design together then he creates the form and then we get it 3d printed so yeah i would actually love to have a 3d printer i think it would change my life to me i think the hardest thing to learn is the 3d modeling so if you have that for $200, you could have a printer and- They come down in price, right? Because just a oh, few yeah. years ago, they were cost prohibitive, but you say $200 and that makes me think I need one. <laughs> yeah, so I have I have one actually, kind of a side story. Be careful what gloves you use, because right now I have an allergic reaction on my both my hands that oh. right now my hands are burning. Oh no. So lesson learned, I think I'm allergic to the gloves that I bought. Oh wow, are they latex? Yes. Yeah, so I will be getting new gloves in my future, but yeah, for $200, yeah, like I said, if you have someone, if he can do all the rendering, look at all the things, wow. the world, yeah. look all the possibilities now, right? Yeah, no, it would, it would change my life. And that's funny, you said, you know, if he can do the rendering and I could just print it. So I had a little, a little, oh, not little, it was a big moment with my Tiffany project where he created, um, Tiffany has these iconic handles their art deco and they're on um, all of their, not all, but a lot of the Tiffany stores have them on the front doors. Um, so I was excited to create that as part of this project because it's not just the interior, it's the facade of a store. They're small, right? So I've had so many things, moving pieces and I don't have a studio, I don't have a space. So I work on our kitchen table, on our dining room, you know, coffee table over here in my little space. Like I do not work in one place. So I lose track of things, unfortunately, sometimes. Well, I lost these little handles and the project was due in three days and he wasn't going to be able to I could I couldn't do it through the third party in time so I found someone local that he could send the file to and it cost me what you say that printer costs oh wow I was floored between the rush fee and them getting it to me quickly because they were in a town deep in Oakland not in a town they were in Oakland but in a place that wasn't easily accessible to me and I ended up paying for the express delivery by courier and it was it was over two hundred dollars. Oh gosh, I could have so, made it for a dollar. <laughs> Rachel, mm, I don't want to know. I'm gonna look up 3D printers when we get off this call. <laughs> oh, no, that's probably when you think about. Well, I'm thinking it's resin, right? Is that what they use? Right. Yes, that yeah. is what they use. So you can get a big bottle of resin for thirty dollars, and that'll last me months. And wow. So really, they. I mean, the markup on that was insane. It's 
crazy. No, and I knew it, right? I was like, mm -hmm. I need them yeah, and I'm gonna pay it because this is sort of what, what you have to do when you mess up, I need to deliver. I'm not gonna disappoint the client. Yeah. But yeah, um, thank you for telling me. I, yeah, I need a 3D printer. It would change my life. And so much of what I do for the modeling for small things is like the time between him having time to create and finish up the model for me. Like I'll either send him a drawing or send him an image and say, what about this? But can this be short or whatever? And he does it. And then we have to, I have to send it to the format, the platform that I purchased it on. And the earliest they could get it to me is four or five days, but then that's very expensive. So I usually wait two weeks to get it. So I always lose two and a half to three weeks on every new project because I don't have the ability to print. You'll need one for sure. And the thing that I can tell you right up front, make sure it's level. If right. it's level, then you're good to go. Um, you know, if it's level, it definitely is not going to work. Your prints are not going to come out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wear good gloves. Uh huh. Good. And I'm not. I know I'm not allergic to latex. So. That's... Yeah, I never knew that until till now. Wow. I'm sorry. That's okay. Those cameras that I'm making are just they're. Those cameras are so cool. So may I, I know you're, I know this is, this podcast is you asking me questions, but may I ask you a couple of questions? Because oh, I'm just so intrigued with your work and I love, I love the club idea. I really do. So may I ask what started, like what, what made you decide you wanted to have a miniature of the month club? Are you, that's, you're talking about my subscription box? Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, my goal is to, you know, some, Hopefully my boss isn't listening to this, but quit my corporate job. That's I've never been wired for corporate and losing my brother and my dad all within six months this year, I realized life is too short and I'm going to do what I love. Yeah. Well, I still have to feed the family and, you know, pay for a house and all that good stuff. So I thought a subscription box is just a way to know kind of what's coming in the door every month. Yeah. And you know, and I love doing it. I love yeah, like waking up and doing my job. Yeah. I never thought that I could do miniatures, you know, as a business. I yeah. it never, I never thought I could. And so I'm really going to make a go of it. And like I said, it brings me so much joy. So why not? I think everyone should do what makes them happy. Oh. And you know, I'm not all in it for the money. That's not the whole thing. But I, like I said, I do have to put food on the table too. So, yeah, I just, I love it. Yeah. Oh, you inspire me because I would love it too. Like you, I have a corporate job and I'm doing this on my lunch break, so I'm not in trouble, <laughs> but <laughs> I would love to have miniatures be, you know, a full-time thing. And it isn't as easy, you know, even if you have the resources to just dedicate the time to it or the money to it, it isn't easy if you have something else going all the time to really make it bigger or make it your focus. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I... I really do want the same thing. And I, and I'm, my condolences to you for your, your loss. As you know, I lost two family members this year as well. My mom and my nephew who were incredible humans and life is hard um, is. when you have loss, but we keep going. And yeah, I, my company is allowing us to go into the office a couple of days a week or more than that, if we want to. And I've started doing that. And I like being able to get out of the house more because <laughs> I've got cabin fever. I'm kind of tired of being in with COVID. Yeah. And I'm the opposite. If I, I am still at home and I do like it more because I, the office to me was very toxic. So at least here I'm in my own environment. And so I do like that. Just give me work and I'll do it. Right. Yeah. No, <laughs> I'm fortunate like being treated as a contractor or a freelancer. Yeah. I am. Um, I work, the company I work for has beautiful space in San Francisco ridiculously gorgeous views, beautiful offices, beautiful art. So the opposite, like for me, being in the office is fun. Um, although once COVID hit and we talked about, would you be in the office full-time if you didn't have to be? And my answer was no. So if I could be in the office part-time, I love the idea of a hybrid schedule where I can be there some of the time and be at home some of the time. But being in the office full-time for me now feels a little like it would be hard for me to do that to, after a year and a half to adjust back to that. But being at home full-time is also not what I wanna do. So. Yeah, here's hoping. Well, kudos for us for finding out what we want and going to get it, right? Like for so many years, I complained and complained to my friends and my poor husband. So I finally took action. Like, When did you discover miniatures? When did they become big for you? Uh, well, the first time I ever really noticed them was like 12. Uh, I was at a craft, sh craft store and they had a rack and they were just in these little packages. And it was something beyond Barbie because I loved Barbie, but like you, 
I didn't like Barbie. I liked the dream house and I'd knock it down and set it back up again, <laughs> knock it down, set it back up. So when I saw these little miniatures in the craft store that weren't Barbie, they, they looked real and they weren't plastic. Yeah. I was like, what is this? So then I was intrigued. But of course, being a teenager and young adult, I kind of, I can't play with that stuff anymore. Right. Yeah. And so it wasn't until I was in my late 20s that I realized that there was a world out there of miniatures. Oh, that's cool. I love that. I yeah, love and I just that. recently, I brought it back out. Um, what would it be out? A, a year ago. Oh, okay. So that's cool. So you've had your, your miniature box club for how long? Because you have like a thousand subscribers. You have a lot of people that are doing it. Yeah, I have. Um, let's see, I'm on my second box. Oh, no, this December will be my third box. Wow. I've been doing it bi-monthly just because it's all handmade. Right. Yeah. So I can't keep up with anything more than two months, every other. Every other month. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I do have featured artists now, which is pretty cool. So oh, cool. I get other people's work out and it's, it's fun to also give back to other miniaturists then too. I agree. Yeah. No, the miniature community is, is really wonderful. And that's what I long to do, to connect more to it, to do more of these, to talk to more people about it and to go to an in-person club. You're right. I might have to start one, mm -hmm. but yeah, no, I, I love the miniature community, the creativity and frankly, even the care. I think that it's like certain, not, not people all the same. It's not a hive of people, but people that have sort of a common thread of caring about details, but also caring. Those are people that I think are attracted to miniatures. At least that's been my experience. So, yeah. Cool. And I feel like people are passionate, like really in, or they're eh, not, like, right? No, not my thing. But you don't really find in the middle, I feel like people are just really passionate if they're into miniatures. It's usually, that's how I found people. Right, no, okay. Yeah, no, the same, you're right. I don't know any passive miniaturists that are kind of like, yeah. <laughs> they're just like, yes. <laughs> Yeah. So is it hard for you to put a price tag on your work? Sometimes. Yeah. Um, although it's funny, I had some recent experiences that really helped with that <laughs> because um, I had a, a project for Google, which was one of the biggest corporate projects I've ever done. Um, and the cool thing was they found me. I didn't go to them and say, let me do this project. They found me and I did um, an, an MLK, Martin Luther King Jr. Gallery for MLK Day mm -hmm. this past January. And it was really cool to have one of their leads say to me, so so this is what we'll pay. And I was shocked. <laughs> and he said, so now you have the standard. Now you know that that's the value of what, at least that's the value that we put, that I put on your work. So that's the lens through which you can sort of price, but it's complicated, right? Because not everyone has a Google budget. <laughs> Google is a very, very wealthy company. So they can afford to pay an artist, even a not really well-known creative person a lot of money to make something. And you might wanna do this for a nonprofit or for someone that just doesn't have the budget. So I think the budgets are a suggestion. Uh, it's not to say that I don't wanna get paid well for my work, but the Google thing really opened my eyes that if you have a client that has the budget and they know that this is gonna be a lot of work for you and they're gonna pay it, then that's sort of, so it gave me an idea of tears. Um, and a lot of my work in the years past have been gifts or for people that frankly didn't have big budgets to pay me a lot. So I would work with it. But as I've shifted into middle age and want to continue to make this build and not eventually like you, I want to quit my corporate job someday. Um, I have to be able to make the money. So yeah, it's, that's, that's an interesting question because it's, it's tricky. It it's is. Not... And, and I love how Google realized it's an art form and yeah. You know, not, not just crafting, you're not just crafting like to them. If you are a miniaturist, you're an artist. And I love that, too, because they they helped elevate it for me. I've always felt that way. But I know people that just think it's cute. Or if I told them what I would charge for something, I had a woman, one woman once in the office that I worked for many years ago, and I was commissioned to do a miniature room for for someone. And I brought it in and a lot of people saw it and they were like, oh, that's amazing. And she said, so about how much would you charge for something like that? And I looked at it and. I tried to think just quickly, how many hours had I put into it? I said, probably about $1,500. And her eyes got so big and she goes, oh, I wouldn't pay more than $200 for that. And I laughed and I said, the stuff that I bought to put in it costs more than $200. So some people just kind of think it's cute and they don't get it, that it's intense, a lot of time spent. And in my case, research and time and fussing with what's the right, like what's the right, you know, what my husband said, that's in your head. Like no one's in your head. When they see it, they see what you presented. They don't think, 
it's missing or that lamp should have been blue. Like they don't think that, but I think about what's the experience gonna be of the person that's getting it. So I can be in my head a little too much and, and get a little intense about it, but I do, I do think it's an art form. It's not just crafting. Me too. And I do feel that there's a buyer for every art, like your art, like there's a certain buyer out there for everything. So that lady just wasn't your buyer. Your my buyer. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So yeah, yeah. I, also, I often find it hard to put a price tag on some things. So how do you get there then? Hard. Just lots of thinking. And, um, you know, they always say, what did it cost to make time to buy three? When I used to do craft shows, fairs, not for miniatures, but just for every other thing I made under the sun. I'm very crafty anyway. They would say whatever you have in it times three. That's what you ah, times three. Yeah. So I try to always think of that, but again, miniatures is so hard because where's my time? Because exactly. <laughs> miniatures yeah. take a long time to make. They, they do, right? See, and that's the cool thing about talking with the miniatures because even if someone is an artist or a creative person, they don't necessarily get how long it took for you to create that little thing, right? So I love that you said that because my best friend, my best girlfriend, actually said the same thing when we talked about one of my recent projects, and she said, "Well, you didn't really make any money because you're charging materials, right?" Um, and then you think about what would the cost be for the project, but not necessarily you're spending X number of hours. So she said, it's not just that you're, that they're paying for the thing, they're paying for your time and they're paying for it. Now they have a unique one of a kind piece of art. Mm -hmm. So it was really, it's really good sometimes to have conversations with people that are not in your head that aren't talk, you aren't talking about with all the time because they have a perspective that makes you think. And so we laughed and I said, well, I've been undercharging. And she goes, yeah, you have. <laughs> So and I threw the Google rule out the door because again, not everybody has a Google budget. And I think you should be able to adjust your budget. And that's not to say work for pennies or work for less, but I think if you want to create something wonderful and someone's interested in having you do that, and if their budget isn't you know, thousands of dollars, then how can you create something that you're not losing money because you're not spending a hundred hours on it, but it's something magical and special that then they get to keep. Yeah. It's so fun when you give people a creation if if it's not a miniature if it's just something I made I just love giving something that I made and it's right special. yeah it's really special right like it's no one else is going to have that exact thing and there's really something I think it shows love and care when you make things mm -hmm. for people you're right whether it's miniatures or not so. I don't know if you saw we're doing a mini swap I would love to get something from Tammy in the mail let's do it oh I'm gonna no I didn't see I'm gonna have to go yeah, back on we're doing a, a miniature swap so $20 or under something you made or something you have or you know oh, and, I'm in. and then you send it to the person I think I'm going to try to do it closest to you the person closest to you in the U.S. um yeah it's just a mini swap how fun get oh some that is awesome yeah yeah oh, wow. yeah meet other miniatures so I do have a few other questions um yeah. you talked the first time when we first talked, you talked about a show that you attended for 16 years. You called it the largest, largest show, I can't talk today, West of the Mississippi. It's in San Jose and it's called The Good Sam. The Sam. Mm -hmm. yeah. Can you talk a little, did you go this year in October? I did, oh, I did. And Rachel, it was amazing because they didn't have it last year because of COVID. And this year it was definitely a different experience because there were less, um, less people displaying and less people selling. I would say half. So normally, so it's at the Doubletree, it's a huge hotel in downtown San Jose, and it's a really gorgeous big space. And the lobby, sort of the far left end of the lobby is where all of the people that display their work. So that's that's the cool thing about it is it's twofold. It's people displaying, you know, their miniatures and then inside it's all sales. So it's all tables of people selling miniatures and the outside space that's normally packed with just model after model of things that room boxes and dollhouses that people made, that was all inside with with the people that were selling. And it was sort of very strategically placed, like every few tables you'd see, so part of it was COVID, right? Giving people space, but also they just didn't have as many people at the show um, providing you know, sales or work to look at so that that gave them a full space so it didn't look anemic. Oh my goodness, I lost my mind. I bought way too much stuff. Yes, um, the show is actually, this was the 45th annual. So the show has been around for a long time and I've gone for 16 or 17 years. Um, I love it. 
it's it's all the things it's no matter what your budget is you can find something at the show so they have a white elephant table where they have stuff that's either old or broken or perhaps inherited from someone that had a collection and they passed away or they just don't want to do it anymore so they donate it they have really high-end stuff they have some of the like best known on and over the years some artists no longer attend so I went I, I don't know if I mentioned anywhere that I worked for a miniature shop when I was at Parsons I worked for Madison Avenue dollhouse shop and some of the people that we all got our stuff from was a really famous furniture maker in miniature and shame on me I only remember Thomas not his last name but Natasha who is Russian and she makes hand-painted miniature furniture so they were always you know we did business with them and they did this show for many years. And I think he still does it or maybe his son or relative of his does, but it's magical. And my husband used to like leave me and just it's like, okay, I'm gonna go have lunch or I'm gonna go somewhere not here. And for the last few times that I've gone, he's done the show, he's gone through with me. And it's so fun because he's like, this is actually really cool stuff. And there are people here who are wicked talented, like super, talented um yeah i i would love it if you could get yourself from the midwest get to this show one year you will not regret it it's one of the best shows in the world i think okay. yeah yeah all i have to compare it to is chicago and well chicago again this year or this weekend i really wanted to go to the philadelphia show but maybe next year yeah so i'm going to get to a show on the east coast next year that's my goal yeah yeah, for sure. So do you feel like there was less people because this year still of COVID? Yes, I actually spoke with um, a couple of the organizers who were outside greeting. And that's exactly what they said. Um, and frankly, some of the people that make um, that, well, maybe they're not the people that actually create and make the miniatures, but they sell them. A few of them are, are older, like over 70. So they had the concern that they weren't going to be safe. Uh, some of them didn't want to fly. So yeah, COVID, I was told that COVID had a huge impact on the show this year. Yeah, I find that the older generation that does miniatures, they have so much talent. It's like, yes, please share that information with us. Like um, some of them are very hard to open up and you know tell their secrets or their skill, but so to pick their brains would be amazing. Yeah. So would you ever do a show and sell? I would. Um, in fact, we, we joke about the fact that I probably might, I might have to, because I have, I don't want to be the person, I mean, I don't have the collection that you spoke about, the woman that passed away that was in mm -hmm. uh, the miniature club. I don't have any that were near that, but I have a lot, because for years I fantasized about having a small shop. So I was always building, not just what am I going to make with these things, but what am I going to sell? So I have enough to open a small shop, I actually really do. Um, so the idea of being able to sell some of that stuff, my daughter and I've been talking about, do I do a pop-up around the holidays? Do I do an open house okay. and have one room? Where, I mean, I, I'm really beginning to think about the fact that I don't want my family, hopefully many years from now, I don't want my family to be left with all my stuff when I die. It's like, what are we gonna do with all these miniatures? My daughter is inheriting the amazing dollhouse, but there's so much that they're just gonna be like, what do we do with it? So I think I have to start getting rid of stuff. Yeah. We'll do the pop-up shop because so my aunt still lives like five miles from you then um yeah. pleasant hill and so we're flying my mom out there for the winter so do it when i'm there dropping her off or picking her up and that would be very cool to get to meet you in person and i would do a pop-up shop if i knew you were going to be in town but no really i actually thought about it last year too but i knew i mean planning it last year i knew that i wouldn't do it last year but yeah. i thought when this COVID thing is over i probably should like work that idea that i've had for the past few years to do a miniature pop-up shop be a lot yeah, of fun that'd be so cool so when you go to these shows what is the the one thing like you're attracted to like yep gotta have that it's going home with me so believe it or not i try to choose a theme for every year for each show um and sometimes it depends on what project i'm working on at the time like i'm specifically working on a nursery that i'm looking for baby things if i'm specifically working on you know a den or a kitchen but but i have this little system which is i always want to leave with something that i think is a little too expensive but it's worth it <laughs> and that budget changes you know sometimes that some years that budget was fifty dollars some years it was two hundred dollars but it's a budget <laughs> yeah. but sometimes i'm sorry maybe next time it'll be a google budget um yeah it hasn't hasn't been a google budget yet but um but this year it was i, I mainly wanted to find things that were a good deal and the deals were happening and I think in part because people just sort of knew that the turnout, they were gonna need to like draw people in. Um, and, I, and I know the show really well and it's so funny because I spend time saying, oh, you know, I haven't seen you at the show for the last few years. Or you're new to the show and people laugh and they're like, how do you know? I'm like, cause I know the show. Like I know most of the vendors 
by name or by face. I bought from them and I love, you know, the miniature community. So it's always been a lot of fun for me to, um, to sort of connect with that. Uh, I like the show because it's just kind of cool to mingle with with people that share your passion. And it's and it's everyone. That's the part that's fun for me. It's not just the people that are selling or the people that are displaying. It's the people that are walking around looking for stuff. And every show has like the person that doesn't come to the show all the time. So you'll hear in passing, oh my God, this show is incredible. Or I've never been to a miniature show. So I feel like I'm always hearing that. Every show I've got, almost every show I've gone to, I've heard someone say, wow, this is amazing. I've never been to a miniature show. And I've tried to get friends of mine that aren't necessarily into miniatures to go with me over the years and they promise and then they don't come with me. <laughs> so it's always my husband. But yeah, I think it's amazing. Who runs that? Uh, the Good Sam Show? Yeah. I actually don't know. I just know it's called Good Sam. So I'm going to have to look it up and send it to you in IG. Um, but again, Okay. 45 years so they're they're very dedicated to it and I think it's been in San Jose almost that entire time um and I thought I wish it were in San Francisco because it'd be closer to me because <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like a haul it's over an hour drive but it's worth it yeah yeah my bucket list it would be um not really bucket list I guess just goals is once a year I'm going to go to a show and not just always Chicago because that's the closest but I would love to go all you know all around wouldn't it yeah. be cool to go to one overseas somewhere like I've thought about that. I've, oh, you don't even know. I, I fantasize about going to a miniature show in the UK because uh, I've seen video and I've seen, and it was like, these shows are incredible. And in fact, someone that I purchased from for the Tiffany project sent me photos of a gentleman that she's good friends with was displaying at a UK, like ridiculously large dollhouse and miniature show. And I was like, oh, I want to go. Yeah. Is that what it's called? And maybe, you know, actually, I don't, I don't know. Um, it's a big one over there. It was a big one, yeah. So that yeah. probably that might have been it. But I want to go too. I think I think it's a good goal to have to go once a year to a miniature show that's not local. Yeah. So I'm gonna feel that from you. That's gonna go on my okay. list. Well, you meet me in Chicago then in April, and I'll meet you in San Jose in October. That sounds talking. good. That sounds good. Yeah. So the last thing I'm gonna talk about, unless you, I mean, if you have anything else to share too, but is the house behind you? Your, I think you called it your dream project, or did you call it your yeah? Can you talk yeah. about that and what it is? Sure. Yeah. So this this amazing um, brownstone that has influences that are New York, Paris, and San Francisco, which are all my favorite cities. I purchased it for um, a big birthday 20 years ago um, for a lot of reasons. One was I just always wanted a really big dollhouse that was mine, um, but also because at that point, you know, we had uh, young kids and I was thinking we're not going I'm not going in fact we only had our first child I'm probably not we're not probably not going to buy a house because we live in San Francisco and it's really expensive so I'm going to invest in this dollhouse so I designed it um, it was sort of a base model um, believe it or not I bought it from a gentleman in the UK and my friends were like you couldn't find a local or a, a United States you know builder you spent the money I'm like yeah because I loved I felt like he got me and we worked really well on the design and he had a, a sort of a shell and I told him what I wanted and he sent it over and it's in two pieces, it's in two parts because it's so big, it's too big to be one part. Um, and once I got it, I just thought I'm going to take my time and that was easy to do because I had a young child and then a few years later had another one. So it wasn't like I could spend a ton of time working on the dollhouse, but I just thought it would be like a project that would last me the rest of my life. I pictured not finishing it, you know, I never thought it's gonna be finished. I thought I'm gonna work on it until I'm not here anymore. So believe it or not, it sat for a decade, just because like I said, young family, and I wasn't trying to spend time building a dollhouse. And then about three years ago, I started working on the exterior. So it was just, it was like a piece of furniture. It was just wood, um, well, like an un unfinished piece of furniture. It didn't have any of the detail. So it didn't have um, any of the trim and molding that you see. It didn't have uh, the coin. It didn't have any of that. Um, and I just, I don't make that stuff by hand. I find people that make it and then, and some of it's by machine, some of it's by hand. And I just started methodically working on it. And then the coolest thing for me is the Good Sam show two years ago, I bought this extension, which it was just the, you know, it was a dollhouse extension. So someone either sold the house or didn't have the house anymore. And it was like 40 bucks and solid wood. And I thought, I want that for my dollhouse. And my husband just looked at me. He said, what are you going to do with that? I said, well, my house is kind of modeled after New York brownstone. Um, and the ones that are on the end of a street often have this really beautiful bay window. And it's not always 
on the ground floor and sometimes it's two stories. And I said, my dollhouse needs those bay windows. And he just smiled and shook his head. And I bought it home and I made it sort of tie in with the rest of the house. And I love it, it looks really cool. So yeah, this is a project that is so near and dear to my heart and really special to me. And I know that when it's finally done, it's gonna be incredible. Um, the funny thing is I have most of what I need to finish it. Like I have the electrification, I have, you don't wanna know how much wallpaper I have, Rachel, it's a problem. I collect wallpaper, I have floors, I have incredible furniture. I have enough furniture to fill this dollhouse literally 10 times over, but I just haven't had the time to just focus on it. So I think I better start working on it because I'm never gonna have the time to just focus on it. Like that's not going to happen. So I have to just sort of start doing it. I have like a night a week, that's your... Dream. Yeah, I, I like that. That was my that was my resolution for 2021 was going to be that I worked on it at least one weekend every month, but <laughs> hasn't happened. So that so make we'll that have easy. to share some visuals maybe so they can see what I'm seeing. But I love that extension that because it it would be like really tall and this gives it more dimension. Like more. right? No, I agree because it is. It's extremely vertical, um, and it's uh, its standing height is uh, is over six feet. It's tall. It's tall. <laughs> um, so yeah. So I think it does. It's very pretty that it has sort of that, and if, you can't see a side view of it, um, but that it has that dimension, and I think it makes it more interesting, and it also gives me more more space to put furniture. <laughs> it makes me gives me another place to put. Yeah. What I love about it is it is so tall, so it doesn't take up as much room. Right. Yeah. Because there are right a lot of dollhouses that are wide. In fact, I inherited a dollhouse that's in my shed um, from uh, one of my son's friends. His grandmother decided to finally get rid of her beautifully built dollhouse that her father made, and it is gorgeous, but just not well cared for. All of the floors are hand done, different floors. Like he has a herringbone floor in one room, and just like crazy beautiful. But the outside is just they didn't take care of it. It was things got knocked on it and she gave me all this stuff to go with it. And I, it's so wide. It sat near the fireplace in our living room for almost a year. My husband's like, I think you're gonna have to find a place for that. And I said, I thought I'd start to work on it but I'm not doing it before I do my brownstone. So I've moved it into the shed, but it is exquisite. And it's very, very wide. I would say it's at least three feet wide. It's so big, yeah. Yeah, I love it. So will it have stairs? On um, this one? Yeah, yes. your dream so project. Yes, it's funny. Some people don't, right? They don't put stairs, stairs on the interior because it takes up space. But yes, a New York brownstone would not be a New York brownstone without stairs. So in some cases, they'll be hidden. So there'll be a wall where you can't see, you know, th there'll be the suggestion that there are stairs, but you won't be able to see them because I want to be able to have as much decorating space as possible. But on the main floor, you will see a very grand, beautiful staircase. Yeah. Nice. And no dolls. No dolls ever. Although I do have a butler. And I'm debating whether or not to put him in there because I got a butler when I was working for the Madison Avenue dollhouse shop and I have a really cool treadmill and I keep him on the treadmill. It's kind of a joke of mine, make those butlers work even harder. And I thought about possibly putting him in the attic, but I'm not convinced that that's going to happen. For some reason I was going over your, well, side note, we, we planned this, what, podcast like a couple months ago and we're finally getting to meet now, but for some reason I had no dolls like me written in you like your notes and I I don't even know where I got that from I don't know if <laughs> thought I'd you make know. sure it's true I'm like I don't even know why I have this written yeah yeah no I said it and yeah I'm not really a doll person and also I think that for me especially with miniatures it's the idea of picturing a human in the space like whenever I look at a miniature especially a really well done one I always think I wish I were I wish I could sit in that chair mm -hmm. I wish I could you know be part of that experience and if it's if there are dolls in there, then the story's told and it's not a story to kind of invent. Yeah. It's that's the Get story. Out of my yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're coming up in an hour. So anything else you want to share? Maybe you kind of already gave us some glimpses into what is in the future for you, but any you're gonna yeah. be on TikTok and YouTube. So we can Yeah, I just started TikTok working on a fun project with YouTube that I'll probably get it out by the new year. And that's another thing, you know, we talked about how long miniatures take. And I think for me, it's this unrealistic expectation about being able to move faster and to do, do more faster. And at the end, I'm, I'm not necessarily disappointed with the result. In fact, more often than not, I'm really happy with it. But I have, after all these years of doing them, I still underestimate how long something is going to take. Mm -hmm. So that's where I've started to be a little bit gentler with myself. Um, my Tiffany project, which I'm gonna, like I said, you'll see it on my IG and on my, in fact, there's a tour of it on Instagram, but I don't have a lot of photos of it. Um, I honestly spent 25% more hours. I knew it's going to take a long time, but I had no idea it would take 100 hours. Um, so that's 
part of the learning for me. And I think that's with anything, right? Is I want to continue to learn and grow and get better at my craft and, and also be better with my time um, is to be realistic about it. So at first, <laughs> my I have a daughter who's wonderful and she grounds me, even though I'm her mom. Sometimes she's, she's mothering me and she's like, well, mom, you know, that's a great idea, but you, you get overwhelmed because you want to do so much. So maybe if we take it slow, because at first I was like, well, yeah, before the end of the year, I want to have the TikTok and the YouTube and I'm naming all the things. My daughter's like, mom, come on. Like you work full time. You're not just doing miniatures. So it was good to have that because she really did help me sort of think about it as it doesn't all have to happen right now, but the planning needs to happen soon if I want to make it happen. So, yeah, I just started the Everyone TikTok a couple days ago and I love it. I think everyone needs a daughter like that in their life. I think so too. She's amazing. Her name is Genevieve and she's incredible. I, th I think everyone does need, if not a daughter, someone, you know, yeah. someone that grounds you and sort of, and knows you and can say, well, yeah, maybe not. Yeah, no, I love that. Well, I can't wait to see what you have in the future. And I really, really enjoyed our conversation. And I always thought, you know, I knew we had stuff in common, but now talking with you, I think we have way more in common than I even realized. So yeah, it was yeah same. thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to talk with you, Rachel, and to learn more about you. And I'm excited for what you're, what you're working on. And this whole swap thing just sounds amazing. So I'm very excited about the miniature swap. I'm very excited about you coming out to the Bay area so that we can, you can attend my pop-up show. So I yes. hope to stay connected. I got to get my mom out there. So yeah. she hates she hates winter so we're, we're shipping her out to california <laughs> good so. all right well you have a great day and thank you again so much thank you you take care okay bye